It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside of the Visa Studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network here on this divisional round weekend. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, my favorite weekend of the year, man. We get four games, and the big boys are back, and we'll see them later on today. We got Saturday. This is the last Saturday for football, NFL football. And and then we have to be on hiatus for a long time. But, you know, what a great weekend. Uh, We should get really good games. I think uh, this is the weekend where the glass slipper tends to fall off of Cinderella. We know home teams do really well this weekend, 29 and 11 over the last 10 years, straight up, not against the spread. So usually the team's well rested the one seeds usually play well we'll find out i think in talking to the people in san francisco they're ready to go they feel very comfortable very confident with their plan and you know i think baltimore this could be i think it's kind of gone underneath the radar a little bit here because buffalo there's this momentum and there's this kind of feeling that this is the year of the bill buffalo bill but to me i get the sense it's the year of the harbaugh And Uh. that could be the story. You know, if Harbaugh wins the college, which he did, does his brother win the pro? I think it could be the year of the Harbaugh. We'll find out. I mean, imagine that story just from like a a family standpoint to say, hey, in the same year, brothers won the college football playoff national title and the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, like they've accomplished wildly amounts of success throughout the years, whether it's players, it's coaches, and for Jack Harbaugh and like their family to be, I'm sure, very, very proud of these guys. If they're able to do that, that would be uh, quite the story here in 2024. But we have a fun show on deck for you guys over these next two hours. Joining us in 30 minutes from now, Jason Lockenfora, NFL insider over at 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, hosts Inside the Access and writes for the Washington Post. He'll join us to break down the game between the Texans and Ravens, as well as other thoughts, because Jason, he likes to dabble in the betting so we'll get his thoughts on all four of these divisional weekend games and then in hour number two at 11 30 eastern 8 30 pacific matt humans host of Vison tonight will give us his nfl card and maybe we'll squeeze in some some college hoops because ken palm season's right around the corner michael so oh, don't start don't start <laughs> okay, with me no do not start with me i'm not ready for ken palm yet i'm gonna have to go to ken palm therapy here i'm not ready for that i know i gotta do it i know we're up to talk about it i know we have to cite it I know we have to, you know, it's a little bit like Ken Palm, and I think he does a wonderful job. He I'm does. not disputing that. It's Very just, smart guy. It's that, it's that depressing state where you don't have football anymore. That's yeah. the association I have with Ken Palm. Yeah. Although I did love J.J. JJ Watt's commentary about Pro Football Focus where he said that he would go to a meeting and the coaches in the meetings would put up the grades from PFF and then their grades and then nothing was similar. So I love that one. 
<laughs> it's, it's the differing opinions of the internal opinions and the external opinions. Somehow it doesn't match up. Imagine that. Yeah. There. Imagine that. But <laughs> who knows? We'll see what uh, what Matt Humans has to give us here. Maybe we'll dabble a little bit of college hoops. It'll mainly be focused on the NFL. We'll get his thoughts on some of the coaching carousel news as well. But Michael, before we get into the divisional round, we wanted to hit the news that mm. we saw yesterday. Las Vegas Raiders, there's a new head coach in town. Take off the interim title. Antonio Pierce, now the permanent head coach for the Silver and Black. The news was reported yesterday. Pierce went 5-4 and four as the interim head coach, and the momentum had been going in this direction. The players, the fan base, everybody wanted AP to take over, and now he's the man for the job. Yeah, he got the job, and, and look, you know, it, it was with the support of the locker room, uh, which wasn't the case for Josh McDaniels. You know, they, they kind of, the players were upset with how things were going there, and Pierce came in and uh, was able to uh, get the wins, and I think to me, it was re- winning five games. I'm not sure that team was really talented. I think the unsung hero in all this, who who really Antonio Pierce owes a debt of complete gratitude to, is Pat Graham. I mean, Pat Graham's defense was sensational and people might think Antonio Pierce was involved with the defense you know as the linebacker coach I'm sure but this was Pat Graham's defense and Pat Graham owes really uh, Pat Graham did a wonderful job of fixing the defense cutting down I mean he spent the offseason with McDaniels trying to figure out how can they improve they've added some key components to the team and they were able to play a little bit of bend but don't break early in the season. And then as they kind of got more confidence, they were able to attack it. They still need corners, but I think Pat Graham is really the reason why Antonio Pierce was able to get over that hump, right? I mean, the defense played well. Look, let's face it, in Kansas City, you know, they get 14 points alone. The offense struggled. Uh, I think had they probably made a change at quarterback in the Minnesota game, the three to nothing game, you know, we might be talking about them as a wild card seed. So congratulations to Pierce. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he maneuvers the staff offensively. His offensive line coach is already now the New York Giants offensive line coach. And so there's going to be a lot of changes within offense. I expect Marvin Lewis to come in. Tom Coughlin is running, is helping Antonio Pierce develop into a head coach, which I think is a really good thing. I think a lot of young head coaches need senior mentorship. And I think having Coughlin in his ear is going to be a good thing for Raiders, for Raider fans and for Antonio Pierce's development. The question is going to be who's going to be the general manager. We know Champ Kelly has interviewed. He's well-liked within the building. I think Ed Dodds, the general manager, assistant general manager of the Indianapolis coach, Colts, is well-liked. He finished, really, he finished second last time. I think he finished first, but I think the partnership of Ziegler and McDaniels was more important than who was going to be the GM. Uh, I think Ed Dodds is sensational. He was a Raider at one time. He was in that building. He worked for me in that building when we when he came as an intern in 1999. And so he's really worked his way up, done a great job at Indianapolis. I think they're trying to figure out a way to keep get both guys within the building. And I expect we'll probably hear something down the road. Yeah, Tashawn Reed, who is the covers the Raiders for the Athletic, went ahead and said that owner Mark Davis originally stated that he had preferred to hire a GM before the head coach, but that changed during the process. You mentioned Ed Dodds. They also interviewed, of course, Champ Kelly, the interim GM, Terrence Gray, Tom Telesco, the former Chargers general manager, Trey Brown, and then Kelly Klein, Van Calligan. So they've done a number of uh, of GM yeah. interviews here, but it's curious that they it's went ahead either going to be first. Dodds, it's going to be Dodds, and Kelly, or it's going to be Kelly. I think those are the two. Now, can they get Kelly and Dodds to work together? I think that's what they're trying to work through. I think that's what they want both guys. And, you know, and and so it's hard to have two general managers, right? So you're going to have to figure it out. I don't believe Dodds would leave the Colts to be on the same level that he's right now as assistant GM. And so they're going to have to figure out how that all maneuvers itself and what goes into place. I do know that Pierce's agent and Dodds's agent are the same person. So I'm sure he's got support from all over the building. Yeah, that's interesting that they would kind of want both guys because the line that you always say is that they never give a monument to a committee. Like, like, wouldn't you want one person to sort of be like the general manager there? Like like this co-GM thing sounds a little strange to me. Well, but I mean, think about all the wonderful things they've all said about Kelly, right? I mean, go to Twitter. I mean, you, Kelly, you, you know, you know, he's well liked there. I think that they're very sensitive to the to what they've said in the past, and so I do think they like Kelly. I do think they like Dodds too. 
I don't think they want to lose Kelly, but you know, well, they're going to have to figure out some way to do it. I don't know if that's plausible. I really don't. And I think that's why we don't have a GM currently here. If it was Kelly, if they were 100% convinced it was Kelly, they would have named him already. Yeah. But there's obviously a doubt here. There's obviously a doubt. And so that doubt has to get worked through. Whether Dodds comes in as the GM and Kelly's the assistant GM, will he accept that role? I don't know. I think there is kind of the conversation that has to take place. But I do know that if it were Kelly, that he was the clear-cut winner in the interview search, he would have already been named. So the Raiders still need to figure out general manager. And for Antonio Pierce, they got to figure out what they're going to do on the offensive side of the football. There, You mentioned the, the Chiefs game where the defense scored two touchdowns. They only had uh, one completion or whatever after the first quarter for the team yeah. when they went ahead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Like they got to figure out quarterback, play caller, all these sorts of things. So big offseason ahead for the Raiders, but they do have their head coach. The Atlanta Falcons, Michael, are also in the search for a head coach. And they've been going big game hunting. And yeah. they've been going for the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick. He had his second interview interview last night uh we don't know what what came about that no reports unless you have any inside information on that you can please share with us yeah Um, yeah sure Femi I would love to share it with you absolutely I mean you know look let's just talk about it right the audience is curious the audience is curious so I I gotta facilitate on Twitter they had this picture of Bill at a at a a Chick-fil-a you know buying like he's in a suit and he's buying like a chicken sandwich and it's got like two million hits already I think it's an old picture it's an old photo yeah (laughs) yeah it's an old photo that they're trying to make it out like arthur dropped them off at a chick-fil-a in downtown atlanta like come on man like be serious what are we doing here you know gotta gotta hit up the chick-fil-a and buckhead you know everyone goes there after they do their interview (laughs) oh man you know look look i think atlanta's there's a lot going on in atlanta right you know you got rich mckay head of the competition committee he's also Arthur Blank's number one resource has been that for a long, long time. He's his confidant. You know, what's his involvement if Bill comes in? What, what does it mean for Fontenot? Fontenot has control over the 53 in his contract. So if you hire Bill, do you have to redo Fontenot's contract? So I think there's a lot going on, the dynamics of what's happening. Uh, I suspect that, look, as I said yesterday, they still have to go through the in-person interviews for the minority candidates. I don't think they have qualified that. They have been very above board on who they've talked to. They have been very above board on declaring the interviews. A lot, all these teams have. When I was first starting in the league, there was nobody was knowing who was getting interviewed. It was very secretive. Today, it's full disclosure because almost like if you're on the stock exchange, you want the you want the public to know what you're doing. I think that's what's happening. So. I would suspect by the end of next week, they'll have some resolution. Yeah, so the interview number two for Belichick completed yesterday. Interview number two for Harbaugh will be later on coming up next week, as well as interview for Mike Vrabel. So the three guys that we've talked about as the culture builders in this head coaching cycle, the Atlanta Falcons are after them. And like you mentioned, Arthur Blank, he he tried to get Bill Parcells. He tried to get Joe Gibbs. Uh, Maybe this is his chance to go ahead and get that big game coach to go in there to Atlanta and turn around that Falcons organization. We'll talk more about this as we continue on, as well as set the table for today's division round games here as we kick off the NFL playoffs for weekend number two. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests we are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. Become a VSN Pro subscriber today and get unlimited access to our VSN.com slash picks page. I mean, we got Matt Humans coming up in hour number two. He's going to give us his picks, what he likes. He's got a play in today's early game, also has a play in both games tomorrow. So we'll get those from Matt Humans in hour number two. But for more VSN Pro picks, become a VSN Pro subscriber today. The Lombardi line will give you 10% off an annual subscription when you use promo code Lombardi. We are active here on a divisional weekend. Michael Lombardi on the great state of New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Jason Lockenfora of 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore will be joining us in the next segment. We'll talk about all four of these playoff games, especially this Texans-Ravens game, Michael. And that's where I would like to start here, just to kind of sort of set the table with this game. We got the Texans as a nine-and-a-half-point dog. The total is at 43-and-a-half, but there's starting to be some uh, some money coming out on the over where I'm sitting at Circa. We're now at 44 and I've been talking about this all week long, how it's interesting that we have the same exact side and the same exact total as the week one game when these two teams kicked off the NFL season. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that game was a little different in the sense I didn't think Baltimore played as well. Ronnie Stanley really had a hard time protecting uh, Lamar wasn't able to really cut it loose in terms of the passing game. And the speed of the Houston Texans defensive front is always going to be a little bit of an issue for Lamar because they can catch him. They can run. And they're a zone concept team, so they always have their eyes on the quarterback. So this isn't going to be a game where, oh, my God, they're going to take off and run with the football. The, the key is going to be for Baltimore is Baltimore has to limit the big play. When you look at what the what what the what the uh, Texans have been able to accomplish offensively, is they make explosive plays. First play of the Colt game, touchdown. Post, you know, they catch him in the wrong coverage. Boom, touchdown. Bengal game, big plays. You know, when they make those big explosive plays, they're really good. In the Baltimore game, they couldn't do that, right? They didn't really make explosive plays. And so they had to methodically move the ball down the field and they couldn't get it in the end zone, which is why they only had nine points in the game. So uh, to me, that's the key to the game. And, it, and that's going to be the challenge for the Texans. They do a great job. They stay in seven-man protections. They do a good job of protecting Stroud. And I think Baltimore has a pretty will have a pretty good read on that. And I think ultimately that's going to be the key to the game is can Stroud make some explosive plays because they're really not going to run the football. I mean, Singletary's been their best back. But when they go on the road, they've only had 800 yard, 809 yards in the eight games on the road. They're, you know, and, and, and that, most of them came in the Cincinnati Bengal game where they just went up and down the field. They had 544 yards in that game. So I think this is about can the Texans methodically move the ball, put nine or ten good plays together, and then finish those drives off with touchdowns. Their defense is going to not try to give up the big play. They're going to try to rush. They're going to try to put pressure, take advantage of their front, and hopefully keep Baltimore from making the explosive play. 
Yeah, the defense for the Houston Texans is where I'd be concerned in this game because we saw Cleveland able to kind of move the ball up and down the field and the game got away from the Browns. Flacco throws the two pick sixes and the score looks a little bit bigger than what it was. But when the game was in a neutral state, Cleveland was efficiently moving the ball, explosives down the field. Texans couldn't stop them from that. But on the injury front here, I guess in Houston on the positive on their side, uh, Marlon Humphrey, the Baltimore Ravens number one corner will be out for this game. He has a calf injury. So a weaker Baltimore secondary, maybe that allows the Texans to get some of those explosive Mark Andrews. He's working his way back from the ankle injury that he suffered mid season against Cincinnati. Uh, he'll have to take another week here. If the Ravens are able to advance, maybe we see Andrews make his return in the AFC title game. But Texans, I know they only have one injury on the defensive line with Jerry Hughes, but those guys have been banged up for about three, four weeks now. Like they're not quite at full strength, whether it's Will Anderson or Jonathan Grenard. How do you think these injuries will kind of play a factor into this game? Well, Grenard's the best the best rusher. He gave Ronnie Stanley all sorts of trouble in the first game. And, and you know, Anderson's a good player. I think when you break them down, it's the speed, it's the sum of their parts. You know, Perryman is a fast linebacker. They can run to the ball. Blake Cashman, uh, they run. They have great underneath speed and coverage, and they all usually keep all eyes on the quarterback. And Stingley, if they do get into a man-to-man situation, can be effective. You know, conversely, offensively, Nico Collins is the guy you got to they got to take out of the game. I mean, that's going to be the key. Average over 16 yards a catch, Femi. You know, and he's got eight touchdowns and he always seems to make a big play in the game. And I think that's going to be the key. They're going to make sure that they handle him. He's got 80 catches, but what makes him so effective, and I think you got to give Bobby Slovak a lot of credit here, is he's only had 109 targets. So he has a 61.5% catch rate uh, number, which is really, really good for a wide receiver. Really good. You know, usually those in that 60 range are where the tight ends reside. So they've got to take away the big play. He'll move the pocket. He won't let them get a handle on where the, the Stroud's going to set up. And knowing that he can't really run the ball, he's going to have to figure out a way to not have, make this a 655-pass uh, game on the road with crowd noise. Yeah, the, the weather conditions for this game, it's going to be in the 20s, about low 20s, 22, 20 degrees once we get to kick off at 4.30 Eastern time locally in Baltimore. The wind, not too much, so we're not going to have a wind game here, but it'll just be chilly for an outdoor, for an, sorry, an indoor team like the Houston Texans going outside. Uh, it'll be some frigid temperatures, but I think they'll still at least be able to do, they'll function offensively. It'll just, you know, got to put on some extra layers, I guess, for the cold. Uh, the night game, though, I think is really interesting because we've actually seen line movement as of early as this morning. Niners now out to 10 point favors. This was nine and a half yeah. much of the week. Now it's 10 across the board. The total continues to tick up 50 and a half is the consensus. But where I'm sitting at Circa, we're at 51. Rain is expected in this game. Not much wind, but it sounds like it's a 90 percent chance of precipitation once we get to kick off 530 local time. Well, I think, look, we, we know Jordan Love's played really well, and this Packer offense has been effective, but are we really confident that the Packer defense is effective? I know Big Daddy's not, and so, <laughs> you know, I think the line's moving because the 49ers nine wins of the 16 have been by more than, you know, have been by uh, win, nine wins or 16 or more points. Mm -hmm. So when they beat you, they beat you soundly, right? And, you know, 11 wins have been by 10 or more points. So they're going to keep scoring. See, this is the one thing you're, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to backdoor cover the 49ers mm -hmm. because they're going to keep scoring. Kyle's not going to take his foot off the gas. I mean, look, I think to me, they're not going to go into the four corners. The key has got to be, can they play from in front? Can they play from in front? They're going to play zone. They're going to try to put pressure on the quarterback. We know, we know that the Packer offensive line is very good at pass protection. And that we know that they're going to have to run Aaron Jones a little bit in this game. And this is a well-rested defense. You can make plays. I think there's a tad overrated, this 49er defense. They're mm. not the 2,000 Ravens. They're not the 02 Bucks. They're not the 85 Bears. And when you break down their numbers, you know, when you, when you really break down their numbers, they're not as good as as they've been, you know, what their rush EPA is 28th, their drop back success rate against teams on an EPA basis is 20th, right? You know, and so their overall success rate on an EPA basis is 22nd. You can move the ball on them. Now you got to put it in the end zone and you, you're going to have to put together five, six, seven, eight good plays together. That's going to be the key. That's where they get you. They get you because you can't really make those kind of plays. I like this game as an over. I was on Russo yesterday. I took it as an over because I think both teams are going to move the ball. 
I think this is going to be a little bit like the Seattle game last year, a playoff game, where it's close. Both teams are moving. <laughs> but eventually, I think the Niners will take control of the game in the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, the Niners, they just wear you down out there. It's like you can kind of hang for a half, but then it gets a little bit more difficult. Uh, for the Packers on the injury front, Jair Alexander didn't practice much during the week, dealing with a shoulder and ankle injury. They're going to take it up to the game and see if he can go here. But if he's not able to play, uh, I, the Niners offense, I just find like they should be able to find a lot of success tonight in this game, especially if there's no Jair Alexander. Even if he does play, I mean, the Niners can just run the ball on this team. But I, I think Shanahan's got something cooked up here for our buddy Joe Barry. Well, I think here's what's going to happen. I think it's really important you pay attention early in the game to the formations. That's always been the Shanahan family tree key, is what formations do they get into based on what personnel groups and how do they want to gain the extra half man in the run game? That's the way they set that up, the way they formation you, the way they're able to really challenge your run fits. That's the key. They challenge your run fits, right? As we get later in the season, we see this in Philadelphia, we see this with a lot of teams the run fits aren't as good as they need to be they're not practiced enough there's not enough pad level this 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 Packer team's run fits have been bad all year long and Kyle's going to get into some formations that are really going to challenge them and it's going to require that the defense communicate and make calls and that's where they're going to get in some trouble I think Kyle's smart enough to know that he's going to have to have control of the game he's going to have to keep the football away I mean they played two years ago and it was a you know and San Francisco moved the ball, but Green Bay won the game in overtime, right? I mean, they, you know, it was one of what was one of uh, Aaron. Uh, it was the MVP season for Aaron Rodgers, and then they played him again in the playoff game, and then all of a sudden the offense got shut back down, right? You know, and, and they only threw for 106 yards, and they were under constant pressure in that game. Rodgers was they only had 12 first downs, so I think Kyle, with the with all the time to prepare, will have a really good plan, and I think he will try to slow the game down. And he knows, unlike McCarthy, he knows he's got to keep scoring. Yeah. Imagine that. A coach who knows and a coach who's prepared. We don't need to get into all of that, though. On the other side, Jason Lockenfora of 105.7 The Fan and The Washington Post will join us next to break down divisional weekend here in the NFL. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VEASAN Daily Newsletter. In today's newsletter, Michael wrote about how the clock tends to strike midnight on Cinderella during the divisional round. Get expert analysis and the latest odds delivered straight into your inbox absolutely free. Visit VEASAN.com slash newsletter to subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. And joining us now, you see him on 105.7 The Fan, hosts the Insider Access in Baltimore, also writes for the Washington Poster, NFL Insider and Analysis. Jason Lockenford joining us here on the Lombardi Line. Jason, we appreciate you taking the time this morning. You're out there in the Baltimore area. Everyone, of course, around the, around the country excited about what they saw from the Houston Texans last weekend with C.J. Stroud. Do you get the sense that the betting market and maybe just the public in general has forgotten just how good this Ravens team was throughout the regular season? Well, I, and I, I don't know about that. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty substantial uh, point spread, but I, I think they've maybe forgotten how they've done it. And especially when I drill down on the prop market here, like I, it almost seems like they still think this is Greg Roman pulling the strings of this offense and not Todd Munkin. Um, when I looked at the opening totals for Lamar Jackson throwing the football and they've creeped up a little, but, but not nearly enough to scare me off. I mean, I'm playing him 275 and above in alt markets. Uh, this is an early down play action bombs away offense. That's, that's who they are. It's the further, further thing from 2019 and what they were running with Greg Roman against the Titans. And people keep going back to that game, right? Because they were the one seed and they had the extreme time off and all that. Like this is totally different. I mean, the last month of the season, nobody had more first down play action, drop back passes uh, than Lamar Jackson. He had more than Flacco. Like, 
Uh, that's who they are. And I think this game, they'll be under center first play of the game and they'll max protect with two uh, wide outs and they'll both run doubles. And Lamar Jackson's going to throw the ball 50 yards downfield to Bateman or Flowers or Odell Beckham. And I think it's going to be a sign of intent like they opened the Miami game, like some of the stuff they did even on the road against San Francisco. I think that's who they are. And if they're going to win a Super Bowl, that's who they have to be. And I expect them to be very aggressive coming out offensively. So that's where I think maybe the market's mispriced a little bit. I couldn't agree more with you. I think we have... Uh, there, there's a there is a bias that goes on in 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 in, in business and in all it's called apafina, which means you're trying to make a connection between one event to another, and we're trying to connect the Baltimore team from Roman to the Baltimore team, which is currently, which is a complete complete distortion. And when you and everybody is like, okay, Lamar's not good. Again, you know when he plays when he's the favorite, Lamar above three points. You know he's blah blah blah. All the numbers. And I think that's an unfair connection because this team, as you said, is completely different. That was a run-based team that when they fell behind, it was over. They had no drop-back pass game whatsoever. This team is way different, and Lamar's way different. And I think they finally have matched Lamar's skill set to his t- to the offense. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the interesting thing about them now is, like this passing attack is to me kind of like Green Bay, um, kind of like Buffalo. You don't know where the ball's going. The ball's going to the best matchup. You know, like there isn't a funnel. Like today, there might be a Zay Flowers funnel just because he's a tough matchup for anybody. And, and Mike, if they start putting him in motion early, right, and nobody's going with him, and they can get him downfield against zone coverage against some of these safeties, then yeah, maybe it becomes a big Zay Flowers day. But like. They're going to try three or four deep shots to Odell. Like, that's going to happen. Like, likely we'll get plenty of targets. Like, they'll probably throw it to Justice Hill more than you even think. Like, the ball just goes where it needs to go. Um, and that's completely different than 2019, where when he threw it, it was a seam route over the middle of the field to Mark Andrews. Like, that, that you knew where it was going. Now, you... You really don't, and I think it makes them incredibly difficult to defend, and they're facing a defense that, what, gave up bottom five yards per attempt to tight ends, that gave up um, a lot of touchdowns to tight ends, a lot of receptions to tight ends that had difficulty covering some of the quadrants of the field where Lamar still does like to throw the ball. Um, You know, and and once you get beyond the top two corners, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of there there in their secondary. So, I mean, they're 27th in the league in yards allowed per attempt. And this opening number for Lamar Jackson was 225.5. Lamar Jackson threw for over 2,000 yards against playoff teams this year, gentlemen. Like, against playoff teams. Lamar Jackson, since week 10 on first down, has a 119.6 rating. Six most first down attempts. Second most first down touchdown passes. Over 10 yards per attempt. That's the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Lamar Jackson right now, 275-plus passing yards over at DraftKings, plays out plus 310. So that's something that you could go ahead and uh, dabble on there if you agree with our host, our, our guest here, Jason Lockenfora, comes to us from 105.7, the fan in Baltimore, also the Washington Post. So it sounds like you would like the over here, Jason. It's total right now at 43.5, so you'd like that over? I do. Now, I'm telling you, it's cold here. But, I mean, look, cold is <laughs> no fun. But once they're playing and once they're heated up, it's not cold like what we saw at Arrowhead, you know, or or, or Buffalo last week. And uh, I don't think it's going to be enough. The wind, you know, like right now, I'm 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 sitting outside of my car when my little guy gets a haircut. Um, I, it's it's cold, but like the wind's not crazy. The wind is not supposed to be persistently crazy. And look, I think Houston's going to get theirs too. Like the Baltimore Ravens are one equipment malfunction to Darby or uh, Brandon Stevens away from having Rocky Sin as, you know, their, you know, boundary corner number two, like, you know, I don't know about that. Like Marcus Williams, he can't really wrap up. He's been playing with one arm back there at free safety. Like maybe he sits more and Kyle Hamilton does a little bit of more of that today. They've been, they've been reluctant to sit him because he makes $16 million a year, but like, there's areas you can attack the Ravens. Like, you can't tell me that Slowick didn't go back and watch the Miami film and watch the San Francisco film, right? That's his offense. And say, my God, look what Smythe did. Look what Kittle did. Like, Schultz should be able to do some stuff. So even if it's a little bit garbage time, I, I still think the Texans can get theirs 
a little bit here too. And Stroud is legit. So yeah, I, I, you know, I, once it got to 43 and a half, I'm, I'm over. What has been the conversation in the defensive uh, talking about the, the the Texans offense, the big playability? I mean, this Raven team led the league in takeaways. They led the league in points allowed yep. and sacks. So what has McDonald kind of indicated his his kind of what he feels like he's got to take away? Well, I, I think they're going to play this like they played the Bengals, right? I, I'll go to that sort of matchup, and they've done a really good job on Jamar Chase, and he's not afraid to sell out to take him away. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Like I, you know, Brandon Stevens might travel with him, and there'll be somebody over the top. And like I said, if they want to hit 15, 17 here to Schultz, you know, like that's fine. If they want to run the ball against us, like that's great. We'll invite them to do that. Like Joe Mixon, who, you know, hasn't had big days by and large the last couple of years. Go look what he's done against the Ravens. But a lot of that is against, you know, cover two. It's a too deep. Like, I think they're, they're okay with that. Um, you know, Stroud on the road, the numbers aren't as good. Stroud red zone on the road, the numbers aren't as good. And that's where the Ravens defense really makes their money, right? They're making you kick three and not, and not seven. So I, I think it's to take away Nico Collins. Like, I don't know that Nico Collins gets there today. Like McDonald's really smart, right? He, especially some of the stuff they do in cover six, some of the deception involved there, a joker like Hamilton, what's he really up to? Like, I think it's going to be a little different assignment in that regard from Stroud. Like, I think he throws a pick today. Again, I think he's going to have a nice day, but like, um, I think defensively, it's all about taking away Nico Collins. Like that, that's what got Wig Martindale fired, right? Leaving corners on the on an island, blitzing like crazy, and balls going over everybody's head. Like that's why McDonald got the job. Now it's McDonald's biggest game. I, I just think it's all about taking away those 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 gimmies to on double moves to Nico Collins. Jason, we got about a minute left here. Let's assume that the betting market is correct and the Ravens win this game in advance to the AFC title game. Do they match up better with with the Buffalo Bills or with the Kansas City Chiefs? We've talked about this a lot on my show and brought a lot of people in. I think they match up ultimately better against the Chiefs because I think the multiplicity in the Bills running game, the underbelly of this defense is they don't stop the run. They don't stop the run up the gut, and they're bottom five in the league on defending lead plays, and they're horrible against pitch plays. And I just think the multiplicity that the Bills could attack them with in the run game, with the quarterback, with Cook being able to do everything, with the speed back, the kid from Maryland, Montgomery, with Latavius Murray as the power guy. You know, Buffalo's running over 52% of the time since they made the coordinator change. Like, that's who they are. They ran it more than Baltimore. They ran it more than Pittsburgh. They ran it more than everybody. I think over four quarters, that could be a problem for this defense. A couple big plays out of Josh Allen and grinding these guys down. They are None of their run metrics are particularly good. Yeah, well, I guess if there's good a job, yeah. the Ravens, uh, that's a good one to point out there. And it, maybe they do find a, themselves with the Buffalo Bills next Sunday. He is Jason Lockenfora, host Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, also NFL insider for the Washington Post. Jason, we appreciate the analysis as always, and be well, man. Great you job, Jason. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. Thanks, brother. Awesome stuff there from he, I mean, we can get into the prop plays that he likes because I wrote down a lot of them. He, he's he sees this game going a certain way, and I, and I tend to agree with him there. We'll get to more yeah. of this divisional weekend as well as some of the other news and notes from around the NFL to wrap up our number one next. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSEN only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code VSEN. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Family of Bebefe, Michael Lombardi. Thank you to Jason Lacanfora who joined us in the last segment. Boy, Jason, he's spraying the board with uh, some of these divisional round games, like some props there. He liked the Lamar Jackson alternate 275 plus passing yards. And I, I like the, the note that he did have about Dalton Schultz, though, because a, a lot of these opposing tight ends have had some success against his Baltimore Ravens defense. I mean, George Kittle looked like he was ready to have 200 yards Christmas night if that game doesn't get out of hand the way he was playing. So maybe a little Dalton Alton Schultz overs, which is around like the mid thirties or so, uh, the Houston Texans tied in. Well, I mean, look, I think what he said was true and, and, and props are predicated on understanding how the defense or the offense has to generate to win the game, right? The strategy involved in terms of what you have to do. And if you're Mike McDonald and you're sitting there and you know that you respect the hell out of C.J. Stroud. You do. But you know they, do, they, they tend to be in seven-man protections. They protect him. They're trying to get two people in a route. They're running deep over play-action passes. So you know you've got to take away Nico Collins. Like, that's option number one. And you've seen them do this time and time again. First play of the Colt game, you know, the, the, the Browns game where they, you know, they get the safety over the top. The safeties are cheating in the run game, which they shouldn't because they really can't run the football. So I, I think that's going to be the case. you got to take Nico Collins away. And ultimately, if you're a good coordinator like McDonald is, you basically say, OK, beat me left handed. Can the Texans beat them with Schultz and a run game? That's where you get into trouble. And what's interesting too, an added layer to this game and all the games throughout the weekend is that these coordinators, Mike McDonald and Bobby Slovak, have been very busy this week, not just game planning for today's game, but also preparing for head coaching interviews. Uh, our producer Elliot put right. in here that both guys, McDonald and Slovak, have five head coaching interviews this week. I mean, we've seen guys in the next games, uh, tomorrow's games, getting a lot of head coaching interviews, Ben Johnson being among them. Is, is it tricky to kind of handle this to where you have your coordinator? Obviously, they're going to compartmentalize and focus on this game, but it's hard to not completely just like your mind wander to, all right, like, let me get ready for this head coaching interview because you have to prepare for that as well. Like, how do they sort of well, balance this out? Well, they, they, you know, you basically what they do is they have a presentation that they have for everybody. This is who I am. This is what I believe in. And they have a whether it's a PowerPoint, but it's all done on Zoom so mm -hmm. they don't have to leave their office. Yep. You make one you make one presentation and you hope you hope that, you know, that it gives you an opportunity to come back and interview in person after the 22nd if if you're not still playing in the playoffs. So I don't think it's much of a distraction. I mean, Friday is a, on Friday. If you are Mike McDonald. 
that's a Saturday for you, okay? So you know that you have a morning meeting, then the players are off the entire afternoon, and you come back in at night, and you have night meetings, get ready to play the game. So an hour here or an hour there isn't going to affect you. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, you just say, okay, now I'm focusing back on on the next game, the next on this team. Saturdays at times are usually during the season are usually to start your preparation for the next week's game. So instead of starting your preparation for the next week game, you're just prepping for an interview. I don't think it's going to be that complex. But what about during the week? Because I'm sure you're putting that presentation together during no, the I week. No, I think you right? got that present. I think I'm sure McDonald put that presentation together during the bye week. And I'm sure that, you know, you, during the offseason, your agent's telling you, look, you got to make sure you have your presentation ready so that when we get the calls, you're ready to go. You rehearse it. You understand it. Here's what you need to do. The agents do a lot of the work. I mean, this is one of the things where Bob Lamont, the agent for Mike Holmgren, and, and John Gruden and so many others, Andy Reid, made a fortune because he was putting together the notebook for a lot of these coaches. Hmm. And they all gravitated towards him. And so they just took the notebook, you know, like, really, do I care what we're going to do on October 14th at practice? No, because I don't know who we're playing on October 17th. So, I, but <laughs> it, they, they wowed them with the ability to be organized and structured. And that's really what you're looking for. This is a preliminary interview. It's a discovery phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we want to take another step forward? I think that's kind of where it's all going to go. And then during the second interview where it's more like, okay, like what would be your plan for this organization? Because I think that's where I think as fans and people on the outside, we get confused. We're like, well, don't they have to know something? Like if Ben Johnson's interviewing with the Seahawks, doesn't he need to know all the intricacies of Seattle? The preliminary interview, he doesn't really need to know that. It's during the second interview is when he needs to know that. He needs to have some prep time to study. But more that interview, the second interview is always about who's on your staff. Like who can you get? Who do you want to hire? You know, that's going to be Antonio Pierce. We know he wants to hire Marvin Lewis. I mean, that's been really clear. Who else is going to be part of the offensive staff? You know, and, and that's that has to be nailed down and talked about and handled because that's going to be the critical component of all this. So, you know, the second interview is really about you and what you think of our team, but also about what, you, you know, what you're go- who you're going to bring in and hire. And I think to me, if you're doing a really good job, you walk into that interview and you know, you're, you know, the team you're interviewing, you know, I mean, Champ Kelly said he needed to spend three more days before his interview to get ready for the Raider one. He works for the Raiders. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're not ready to walk into that interview, I don't, I'm not sure what you're ready to do, but okay, go ahead. Take two or more days. Okay. I mean, the good thing Al Davis doesn't own the team because that wouldn't have gone for that wouldn't have flown, you know, but we're in a different world today. Yeah, it's a different world. So in summation, these head coaching interviews shouldn't have any factor in what we see later on this weekend. Because I think that's like for betters just to kind of put their minds at ease, being like, it's, oh, it's, is it going to be distracted? It, What's going on? It's a connection that really doesn't connect. Gotcha. Right. I mean, it's a connection that we want to make. It's an excuse that's viable, but it's really not. Like at some point you just say to yourself, okay, we're done. I mean, okay, Belichick in 1991 was getting ready to play the Super Bowl and play the Buffalo Bills, and that game plan's in the Hall of Fame. Two weeks before that game, while he was working on that game plan, he was talking to me every single day, asking me questions. He knew he was coming in for an interview after the game. It didn't distract him. I mean, you have to be able, if you work in the NFL, you have to have two ideas operating in your head at all times. The game you're playing, the game you're getting ready to play. Now, you have to be very compartmentalized and understand you devote time to certain elements and give it your full attention. But you have to have that ability to juggle so many different factors. What was the term that you dropped? Apophenia? That, that was the term that you dropped on us in the, in the last segment there? And yeah. I Googled it. It said the tendency to perceive a connection or meaningful pattern between unrelated or random things. That, that's, that's what that's we do in betting. One. We do yeah. that all the time. We, we take like, okay, let's take the Miami Dolphins can't win in cold weather. And since 1970 to today, well, most of the kids aren't even born that, that <laughs> from the set, you know, like that's not it. Now, it's hard to play in cold weather, and your body does. Granted that, but the numbers are really kind of meaningless. So I think what you want to be able to do is, and I don't want to get all analytical and to start becoming Aristotle, and because you know, no, but it's true. It's Aristotle was though. the yeah. But Aristotle was the king of. Uh, he was the the forefront to a- a- analytics. But what what he said, which none of the people in the analytical community want to talk about is he only wanted to study analytics when things were always going to remain the same. Okay, so if you if I hold this pencil up and it drops, 
whether I do it today, tomorrow, if I did it 100 years, it's always going to drop, right? Mm -hmm. Gravity. Yep. But what he didn't want to use analytics for was things that are the unknown, things that you couldn't predict moving forward. A football game, the weather, how it's related to the outcome of the game. And so we're using past data to work on things that move forward. Okay. And so that that's really where the problems persist. And he, you know, and so he has a great quote where he talks about the things that really you you can't utilize. And so all this past data doesn't really apply. It's interesting, but there's not a true connection to it. And I think sometimes we get kind of crosshaired on it and we start thinking about things that that don't really always apply and you have to be really careful. So what Aristotle said for the for the part of the world where things cannot be other than what they are, the pen drops, right? And yep. that's important. So we study that. We use analytics on that. But for the things on the part of the world that can be other than what they are, we can't predict. You can't study the past. You can't study the past because you can't predict them. And so that's where these connections don't always apply. Lamar Jackson, when you know he's trailing by three or more points, here's his record. Okay, you can make that connection. You can easily make the connection, but this is, as Jason said really well, this is a completely different team. That's a completely different team. So you're using numbers from prior teams to move yourself forward. Now, I'm not sure Aristotle was going to the betting window, <laughs> but, but he was the forerunner of, of, of analytical behavior. Now, the analytical community does not want to hear any of this because they want to use past data to support their future arguments. Mm. And I think you might have killed the trends community with that with that, with that monologue there, because we always look at past data for trends of like, oh, Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. And it's like, well, this is a totally different setup. And then when it hits, we say, see, we're right. But yep. it's really kind of it's more luck than it is anything. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Hour number two coming up next year on the Lombardi line. We'll break down this game. Texans Ravens. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.